1: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Let me go to Freya uh, because you've had an interesting time, Freya, to say the least. First of all, how is how is uh, Arabella? Good morning.
0: How are you? <laughs> yeah, she's doing well now. Um, she had a cough the last few days, but otherwise we're just building weight up for her next surgery.
1: Great. And how, is how old is she now? Yeah.
0: She's five months, but technically three months old. Yeah. If we're going by her like her actual due date. <laughs>
1: yeah. So she was born yeah. seriously premature. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah. So um I complications by pregnancy when I was 17 weeks um when I was 17 weeks and 4 days I had really bad abdominal pains and I went to my doctor and they just weren't like easing up they're just like period pains they're really bad I was bent over in pain. So he sent me on to A&E, and I was, see, I was in there half four, and I was seen a half eleven, and the doctor noticed that my amniotic omni, my fluid was very low, and right. um, so he, he offered to a bed, why I only live in Mayfield, so I said I'll come back in the morning, and I had a scan that morning, and it turns out there's a thing called P-Prompt, so you go into preterm labour, it's called, but without actually going into labour, you just lose your waters, oh. which Um, Yeah, it comes with a lot of, like, it only happens to 2% of pregnancies before 34 weeks, so it's very, very rare. (laughs) And in most cases, like, there's no, like, there's no reason as to why it happens. like, if you've no preconditions or whichever. So in my case, they didn't know why it happened, because, like, I I was perfectly healthy otherwise, you know. Yeah,
1: but you were nowhere near Um, ready to go at that stage, like, you were worth... (laughs)
0: No. Mm. Um so they set up a plan for me straight away in the fetal assessment um C U M and I was like, they, they put me on antibiotics for ten days straight away and then um they set up a plan so every Monday and Thursday to go in and get a scan done. So it was a growth scan and to measure the fluid inside my womb. And um then it was, I had to get blood, urine and swab tests and then my blood pressure and my temperature taken as well because I was at high risk of infection, especially like sepsis and stuff like that Yeah. because the amniotic fluid prevents infection, prevents, you know, it protects the baby, it protects the mother, but yeah. I had, I only had like three centimetres at the time. You <laughs> must have been, you must
1: have been uh, scared stiff, were you?
0: Yeah, like I mean, it was my first pregnancy ever. Like I never had a miscarriage or anything before this, so it was a big shock, like <laughs> to have this happen. And I was only twenty four as so, well. Like I'm only twenty five, so it was mad. Like
1: <clears throat> so, they managed to stabilize you, I think, at that stage. What what and what happened yeah. after that then?
0: So I was in and out for about ten weeks, and um, I was referred to fetal abnormalities by Dr. Dan McKenna. And he, I saw him at nineteen weeks, and he basically gave me like a one percent chance of survival.
1: Wow!
0: Yeah, um, I'm over the waters. It was like it was hard. Well, sorry, one
1: yeah, percent for you or one percent for baby?
0: Baby, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, so because of the waters, it was very hard to see like how she was developing, like what her weight was, you know, her length Um to see if her, like sometimes like a pee can happen if their, their, their bladder and kidneys aren't working, but hers seem to be working, but there's never a definite answer. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um around 17 weeks is when their lung development starts happening as well. And um, they weren't sure how developed her lungs would be if she was born early and stuff like that. so this went on for about 10 weeks and like the percentages kept going up and up which is good Um, and then I when I was 27 weeks um, I I had that morning I had like um, like watery red discharge so I went in for my regular scan and they said everything looks fine on the scan and then I went home that was grand I was lying in bed then at half 6 that evening and I just started pumping blood out of nowhere
1: (laughs) ooh
0: right (laughs) yeah um so I was brought to Amy straight away. Like I said, in a matter of seconds I soaked through a pad, my underwear, pants and onto my mattress straight away. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so I was brought to Amy straight away. They took me in and um it took them a while to find her heart right. rate. So I was brought down to high intensity and sorry. <laughs>
1: it's okay. It's okay, Freya. I was uh, prepared for an emergency C-section.
0: Yeah. (sighs) And she was only like estimating like 750 grams at that stage. So she was very small.
1: Yes. You must have been terrified. Apart from being.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, then the bleeding was just continuing and they brought me down to high intensity anyway. Um. And like there's so much happening. I got like two IVs in at a time. You get a thing called magnesium sulfate to prevent um um a brain bleeds and you get shots as well at twenty four weeks to see it just to help with lung development. And I had a harmony test as well to see if it was Down syndrome or Edward syndrome. They all came back clear. So that was good. <laughs> mm. Um and then um everything kinda of started settling down. So I was in high intensity for about four days. And I was moved to a ward then. Yeah. That was okay for a few weeks. Um, I was like, did, it turns out my placenta was rupturing, but like they couldn't really see it in the scans. Like they don't know how bad it was or yeah. how um, how well it was doing or anything. But she was growing like it was fine. Um, she was doing well for a while <laughs> and was she She's a <laughs> she
1: tough little lady, isn't she?
0: <laughs> yeah, she's very tough. yeah Yeah. <laughs> And, like, usually P-Prom babies don't move that much either, and she was constantly moving, like, <laughs> and kicking and everything. Yeah.
1: So she was born um, in June then, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, so, um, uh, on the 18th, I had an iron transfusion on the 17th of June, and then the 18th of June, I had my whooping cough vaccine, and I had an allergic reaction to that. So I had, like, antibiotics for a few days. Um, on the 21st of June, then I started showing signs of infection. so, um... The, like I had to wear maternity pads constantly over the blood. So every four hours I changed one you and were the still nurses bleeding, were you? Yeah, every day oh, <laughs> for those four you. weeks. Um so and um, the nurses used to check like my pads to see the blood loss and, you know, monitor it. Then if I had any major blood loss or anything, I'd have to be put on the CTG for a while to monitor her heart rate and stuff like that. Um so on thirty one weeks then I started showing signs of affection. And on the Wednesday, um, my doctors came in and he was like, oh, we'll send you down for a scan, but everything looked okay. So I was like, okay, that's fine. That's reassuring. Like. But I was on the CTG then at 9 o'clock, which monitors my heart rate and the baby's heart rate. And her heart rate was always around 130 to 160, and it dropped down to 80. <laughs> yeah. So she was in states of distress. So I was brought down for emergency section again. <laughs> And um, she was born at twenty five to eleven. Then that night.
1: <laughs> right. So the drop. I mean, at that stage, she was thirty one, three days. Thirty one
0: plus three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you. Were, I mean, you had what? How many weeks had you left to go?
0: Um, you had about nine weeks left. About yeah. nine
1: weeks left at that stage. Yeah. So she was about yeah. nine weeks. I mean, they did a they did a massive job to to keep her there and keep her growing.
0: Oh, they were brilliant. Like, I mean, I, I, I didn't have private health insurance, but I was literally treated as if I did, you know? Yeah. Like, I joined um a few Facebook groups to do a prom and, like, unless you're off liability, which is 24 weeks, the doctors and hospitals don't really do much for people in other countries, whereas I was seen straight away, you know? I you know. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, you're, brilliant, in, you're like. in a great... I mean, in fairness to CUMH, we hear a lot about it. You're in a great place in terms of having the experts there to do... to to do it so so she was born then in June and unfortunately she had a heart defect
0: yeah so um, the pediatrician doctor came up to me like half two and he said there's something wrong with her heart and we're consulting crumbling in the morning now I didn't think anything of it because he didn't say whether it was bad or not you know Mm. and so I was recovering from the c-section and I went down at 12 o'clock that day and um, I just met her she was intubated so she had like a breathing tube in her mouth Mm. and she was on morphine and a few other things just to kind of keep her stable sure and there's a drug what what weight was she
1: when she was born for you
0: Oh, she
1: was she was £2.15. Oh, she was tiny, little sugar bag. Tiny, yeah. So I'm talking to Freya, whose daughter, Arabella, was born in June, a P-Prom baby. So it was a pure miracle. I've never heard of P-Prom before, and Freya's been telling me about it. But it's a pure miracle that she actually got to be born. Uh, afterwards, she ended up having to go to Crumlin. So the story has a lot more chapters in it, Freya, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um so she was born the Wednesday and then the Thursday morning I went down to the NICU to see her after I recovered from the C section and um I was only about ten minutes into actually meeting her and looking at her and seeing how she is and the doctor came up and said to me, Did you hear what happened? And I said, Oh no and um she basically told me that either she's one condition where there's no medical preventions can be provided, no surgeries. Nothing could be provided. Um, and I'd have to let her go. <laughs> or she has um, another one, which she was diagnosed with, eventually, um, which requires multiple high-risk surgeries.
1: So they didn't know um, at that point was, which one it was, no?
0: No, like Dara Finn, now he's brilliant. Uh, he's a doctor in CUMH. He's a cardiac, um, a cardiac, pediatric doctor is what he is. And he, like, they're the technology in CUMH wouldn't be as high-tech as a all the heart ultrasounds and stuff up in Cromlin. So they only knew whether it would be this condition, like it was truncus or a double outlet right ventricle. So they didn't know which one it was until Cromlin did further examinations, the CT scans up there.
1: Right. So yeah. the doctor was telling you it was one of two things. One, they could yeah. do absolutely nothing about, and the other yeah. was a very complex set of surgeries, and only yeah. Crumlin could tell you which it would be how did you feel basically yeah how did you feel
0: Um, it wasn't great like obviously I immediately broke down crying um, <laughs> like in times of COVID and everything like the nurses came over and hugged me and everything they rang my mom straight away and she came in mm. um, and then um, sorry it's okay <laughs> um, they, they were contacting um, Cromlin as well and Cromlin were sending down the critical care team so to look after like really sick babies to bring them up rather than just a normal ambulance you know Mm. But, like, it was just heartbreaking, really.
1: <laughs> and how long did it take for them to tell which one it was?
0: So, she was brought up to Crumlin that night. On um, Friday, then, a doctor called Terry Prendible up in Crumlin, he's on Arabella's team. Um, he rang me and was like, I'm fairly sure it's a double outlet right ventricle. So, it's called double outlet right ventricle with VSD and pulmonary trachea, what she was originally diagnosed with. Because could like if she was a full term baby, she probably would have had her corrective surgery and everything by now. Especially, because she'd be bigger. But it's the fact that the premature, premature. kind of held her back so much. Sure.
1: So this was the one they could fix, but the fix was really, really tough.
0: Yeah, because her heart was so small. Like, um, so when,
1: when did she have so
0: her like, first operation? Um. So she there was like um she. I went up on the Saturday, she was diagnosed on a Monday, but Crumlin don't look after babies under two kg. So she was moved to the Coombe to fatten up basically. Right. um, And <laughs> to, to the Coombe hospital, yeah. So she was gaining weight, she was doing brilliant. She went off oxygen and everything for a few weeks. And then they, there's a drug called Prostin that keeps the PDA open, which is what we all have when we're in the womb to bring oxygen to the lungs. Mm. Um, Arabella's heart doesn't do that. So they kept her PDA opened and... um. Usually, when you're born, it kind of disintegrates and your hair just works away. But in her case, it couldn't do that, and um, so they kept the PDA open with this drug. And the, like the drug obviously has an expiration date, so she was kind of dis- like she was disimproving, I suppose. Um, when she was about three or four weeks old, and um, so like her de- like our de- like our stats would be around 100 percent for auction, whereas her ones were like 65 to 70, 70 ish. But she was. Yeah, the D stats, time much she was experiencing, were only going down to ten or twenty percent. So she wasn't breathing, basically. Right,
1: but isn't <laughs> um, it, isn't it incredible what they can do just to keep? Oh, it's her amazing. Ready, her ready for the operation. <laughs> yeah, she had yeah. her operation so th- five weeks in, wasn't yeah.
0: it? Yeah, when she on the twenty of July she had her operation. She was like they wanted her to wait till she, uh, she was two point five kg, but she couldn't hold on anymore. So um, it was the twenty eighth. She had to be revived twice. And then she went in on the twenty ninth to get a stent into the PDA to keep it opened, <laughs> but she's been thriving since. Like she really has. Like since then, like it took her a few days to recover. Now obviously, because she was only four pounds <laughs> when she got it done. Yeah, um, yeah she was very small, <laughs> yeah. um, but she was brilliantly like. Um, like this, like we had amazing support up in Dublin as well yeah. when she was in the coup. Coom- yeah, is she, um, is she the home coom- yet? Oh she is, yeah. So um she was brought down to C U M H on the 9th of August, they're neonatal for a while. Um that was a bit rough as well because um she was diagnosed with an eye condition called coloboma. Madeline McCann ha- like has it in her eyes. Yeah,
1: the two different colours.
0: Yeah. 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 Um and she was diagnosed with that, so they don't know how developed her eyesight will be. Okay. But like um coloboma and a hair condition can be like linked to a syndrome called Charred Syndrome which is a 5 year life expectancy and her yeah. test tested not come back at this stage so they're kind of thinking maybe she has that and right. um, so yeah. So, but thankfully that came back clear and she's been home since the 16th of September that's now.
1: brilliant news I know that yeah. you particularly Freya wanted because it's on their page we found your story you you wanted to talk about Blood Bike South because of what, yeah. how they helped
0: yeah, they were brilliant. Now, because um, I went home on the weekend just for a bit of a break from the hospital in Dublin. You know, just have a bit of support around me as well. I suppose in my own environment. Um, the the Coombe Women's Hospital set up a place called Hugh's House, which helps um, families with sick babies. So it, it's free accommodation basically, so you don't have to worry about paying for a B and B or you know mm. anything like that. Um, and then I stayed up there, and um, when I came back down home, then. I was pumping for Arabella, obviously, um, for the breast milk because she could only be on that for a while. So I was doing that. And while I was down home, the blood bikers used to collect my milk, meet Dublin blood bikers off in Cashel, and then Dublin bl- blood bikers used to bring it off to Arabella then.
1: Crikey.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are brilliant. Or even like... um. When I left the Coombe Hospital to go to Crumlin, I rented a pump off the um, Irish Neonatal Health Alliance and my pump broke as well one night and the owner, Mandy Daly, came from Waterford, Dublin, literally at like 8 o'clock at night it was on a Saturday. I to know Mandy. Pump.
1: I know Mandy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah brilliant, like. Yeah.
1: Uh, so all is going as well as it can be going now, is it?
0: Yeah, like she got her stent dilated now to fit her size on the 18th of October. And due to, like, it's like a stent kind of has an expiration date as well. So um, the plan is now, like, she usually heart babies, their heart is pumping so much, it's taking up so much energy and burning calories that they get tired very easily. So over the last few weeks, that was happening. And um, I was in Crumlin on the 4th of November, I think. Um, around then on a Tuesday and I basically told them she's not feeding as well as what she used to Um I updated CUH I go to CUH every Thursday as well to Dara Finn and his team and um, they they kind of she got 540 mils a day of vitrine is called, which is a high calorie formula for heart babies and she was only getting 480 which is it's bad for her because like, she needs the full amount so she got her NG tube back in two weeks ago but she's doing brilliantly again since
1: Good. Good. You know, it's a long road ahead. Who's, who's minding you, Freya? <laughs> well, my mom is mommy. actually
0: brilliant, in fairness. Yeah. Like my mom, my, my dad, now they've been a great help. My dad actually lives up in Dublin, so me and him used to go for dinner all the time. That's my so mom nice. used to drop me up and down to Dublin. I was recovering from the C-section. She was there for the operations and everything. Fantastic. And then my family as well have been brilliant as well, like. My my best friend Shane, um him and his family raised money for like my stay up in Dublin. Or like my two best friends, Megan and Dylan, used to like bring me places and stuff for same at my mom's friend, she brought yeah. me up to Dublin a few times. <laughs> so it's been mm. it's been brilliant like a learning. It's
1: gonna be some first Christmas.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah.
1: Listen, it's been it's been great to hear your story and our our best to Arabella and our best to you and our best to Bloodbite South who do wonderful work and to the incredible people in CUMH and in Crumlin and in the Combe who do such work for, for tiny, tiny, tiny babies. And their moms oh, they're brilliant. And their moms. Yeah. to look like after give yourself. It a big
0: thank you yeah. as well to um, my mom. works in O'Driscoll's Bar in Douglas. Oh. And they the customers, the staff and my the owners as well, raised money as well for um, for me and our fellow we grew up in Dublin. And there's a customer in there as well who like had an apartment up in Dublin mm-hmm. as well and gave that to us in case we needed it. So big thanks to them as Fantastic. well. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> well, there's a Douglas connection as well as not just your mum working in, in, in O'Driscoll's. And I'm almost fairly sure I know who I have now. Which made it yeah. Well, there's another Douglas <laughs> connection because you know Mandy Daly, who helped you out.
0: Yeah.
1: Her mum is Betty Daly, who for years was the lollipop lady at the school in Douglas.
0: Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Small world, that's bad.
1: Tiny world, tiny world. Listen, Freya, look after yourself. Look after your gorgeous little girl. And thank you for being with me on the opinion line. Look after yourself. Courts ninety six FM.